Do you want to take your seats for a moment? And then I'm just going to invite Jim to come up. But just off the back of that as well, we are a community. And that, and that community here has been built over the last 35 years. And we're just going to hear from um, a couple of those this morning. Great. Uh, so I came uh, to Kemsey Baptist Church over 30 years ago. I know, I know. I was two. Uh, and... Uh, and um, uh, one of the constants in Kemsey Baptist Church at that time was Jeff and Margaret, actually. Uh, Je Jeff, Jeff would have his headphones on doing the PA at that time, as I recall, and there were hardly ever any squeaks. Uh, and, uh, but but they were, they, every Sunday would count the money, uh, and they're still doing it, however many years on. So can we give them a real big, like... <laughs> Margaret. So Margaret's become affectionately known to me as Margie Marg. Um, and uh, so, um, Margaret, just why don't, why don't you tell us, um, you know, I know it's a long time ago when you were very, very, very young, all right? But sort of when did you first come to the church and what was it like when you came to this church? Well... You've got to hold this. Oh, sorry. Do I need to? Um, well, it was a long time ago. I came, Jeff was already at the church, actually. He was already a member of Kemsey Baptist. Then I started seeing Jeff. Uh, once I started seeing Jeff, um, we, um, I came with him. And then we were married about two years later. Because we got married in 1967, so that would be 1965. And uh, it was lovely. Kemsey Baptist Chapel was lovely. The feeling... It was, it was just one basic chapel then, one floor, and uh, we were also associated uh, and belonged to Sanson Walk. Sanson Walk was our mother church, and so we, um, we carried on like that. It was lovely. There were nowhere near as many people then, and they were all more or less the same age as we were. Not now, but we were then. And uh, then in uh, 1987, is it right? Who came to our door but Andrew Leakey? And uh, he came as our, what do we call you, pastor or what? What do we call you? Well, just, well it was just and, Andrew, actually. And uh, after that's when we became independent, really. And uh, we pick, I know we've had a few names. I can't remember them all, but I can remember Church of the Valley. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it was lovely. But the feeling in that church... I said to Jim yesterday, when I think about it, I've been thinking about it because I've been very nervous about doing this, and I was getting the same feelings inside me that I had then, the atmosphere. I was getting the atmosphere, and there were lovely people, and Bruce and Viv, I mean, they were part of it for a long time. And then finally, then we had to move on. We, oh, we had a, a piece built on the church above, because, uh, well, we needed it. The congregation was getting a bit uh, stressed. We had stairs and a stair lift. And, uh, and that was good. But eventually we had to move. I can't remember dates and that when we actually moved. But we moved into different schools for our service because the congregation... Oh, I won't, I won't say any more about that, Bruce. And, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was lovely. It was lovely then, and the, the, mind you, through the times, things changed. I mean, the services became different. 
<laughs> but there was a time when I thought, oh, am I, am I right being here? But the Lord never told me to go anywhere else. So I stayed. And uh, Andrew was a lovely person, and Christine. And he put me this Christine in their family. My family was small then, but I, I loved it. Um, is, that, is that enough? <laughs> Margie Marg, everyone. Bruce. The, the other constant was Bruce, often playing the bass, occasionally smiling. Uh, <laughs> as I recall. <laughs> Uh, so, so Bruce, why don't you tell? Because you you were a leader in the church and were around uh, well forever, but also um, when we became part of New Frontiers. Tell us a little bit about that and and what vision you felt you had at the time that you think you perhaps are we seeing that now? Or where are we up to with it? Yeah, the New Frontiers um, that that happened around it was the early nineties, wasn't it, Andrew? Um, since before then, we'd been through a phase where we'd, we'd been to a lot of vineyard conferences. We'd been heavily influenced by John Wimber, and there'd been a real move of the spirit in the church. Um, I'm going to cry. <laughs> so, so are you. Uh, we had amazing times. Um, it was time for Andrew to go. Um, he was going to plant a church in Swindon. And at the same time, we started talking to Ben Davies from New Frontiers, who was involved with Andrew. They'd met up. Um, that was part of the reason Andrew was going to Swindon. And the, the thing that struck me about New Frontiers was they knew who they were. They knew where they were going. And they knew how they wanted to take people with them. And we were struck by especially the message of grace, um, Terry Virgo's key message, the grace of God. Um, church is built on prophetic and apostolic foundations, not just growing up, but actually built on foundations. Yeah. Uh, and you knew what those foundations were, and they, they were based in God. Yeah. Um, the family of churches, the, the idea that we could do more together than we could apart with all these other churches. Um, the apostolic aspect was really important, that we could have very experienced uh, church leaders and apostolic figures who would come in and help us, help us to grow, help to give us a sense of direction. And it really did change the church. Uh, we, we didn't lose the presence of the Spirit, but we gained a lot more as well. Great. Richard, over to you. Yeah, join me on Tuesday. We're going to worship and pray for an hour and uh, just seek God uh, for his blessing on that. You may wonder what this is. You can actually nowadays, I'm told, get these on a phone. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Bible. If anyone's interested, there's a, I think Andrew, Andrew and Christine didn't um, actually sign it, but there, there were, there's uh, 31 people that signed on, on the day the church was kind of formed as an independent church. I'm going to put it down. It really hurts your arm. Uh, so that's a bit of a historic document for anyone that wants to see it. But, you know, about the same time that this building was built in the 1850s, we think, maybe 30s to 50s, um, God prospered uh, two guys, uh, a Mr. Hall and a Mr. Evans. Uh, Mr. Evans worshipped at uh, the previous location of Sanson Walk Baptist Church, uh, which is now called Worcester Baptist Church. It's kind of over there. And um, uh, he actually, when they moved, they needed bigger premises, and he paid half 
of everything it costs to build the new church. There's a memorial. If you're ever passing, you can go in and see a memorial to him and his wife who gave to all sorts of causes, education. And they ran this site, this building. They built this and the, uh, the, what was the bottling thing, which is the TA. Uh, a huge, it was the biggest vinegar factory in Europe and therefore probably the world at the time. And they were believers. And probably, I haven't got the documents to prove this, there's a memorial that says they were generous to all their causes. So probably they part or completely financed the building of a number of mission halls around. There's one in Fernal Heath, there's one up the top of Rainbow Hill, and there was one at Kemsey, which is now us. Uh, years and years on. And really, we've inherited from those guys two things. One is, we want to reach the whole area with the good news of Jesus. That was why these little chapels, you kind of get, maybe over the years it gets forgotten, but it's worth pulling it back. That's why they did it. They wanted to tell people the good news of Jesus, and they wanted to promote uh, a faith built on the Bible. Uh, And we've inherited that, and we've inherited much more from our friends from New Frontiers and through Andrew's ministry. We we inherited a a love of the moving of the Spirit, Uh, and those things have become part of us. Those those three things are kind of what we are. And isn't it interesting that then, then years later, I don't know how many years ago it was now, I've only been here 21 years this September, but, but years later we were able to sell the chapel at Kemsey and the land around it and that helped us buy this building. So his generosity helped us buy this building, which is just kind of weird, isn't it? God's purposes and the strangeness of it all. And I think it's wonderful. And when he died, he endowed all sorts of good causes, one of which was in Cherry Orchard. There's a row of cottages now in private hands, which were for widows. I don't know how long they were reserved for widows. And they're called Hope Cottages. So it kind of, it's really strange the way we've ended up being called Hope Church as, as well. So that's a really zooming through history. Uh, but what I think is interesting is you can't measure your fruitfulness just in your own lifetime. You know, we, we, we're very... We're very Western and modern. We think, oh, you know, if I'm not fruitful in two, three years, oh dear. But actually, it's our children and our children and our children's children and the, and the things that we inherit. So uh, what we pass on to them is really important. So anyway, that brings me on to welcoming uh, Chris and Andrew, who were the founding pastors when the church became independent. And we've been friends for many years, so I don't want to gabble on or embarrass him too much. So why don't we uh, welcome him as he comes to share God's word and what's on his heart for us this morning. Shall we do that? Wow. (laughs) I'm not very often lost for words, but I think I am a little bit this morning. Thanks, Richard. And thanks, Richard and Debbie, for your hospitality yesterday, just staying with you. And we had a wonderful time in Africa a couple of years ago, didn't we, Richard, when we spent a whole week together with Emmanuel. And yeah, we've become closer friends, really, through over the last few years. And it's, um, it's an incredible privilege to be here this morning. And I, I, I'm not going to do it justice, but I'd, I just want to say thank you for inviting us, for inviting me I feel like you could have had anybody and you got me back, you know, for this. And it is a special occasion. You know, 35 years ago, I'm thinking, I'm looking at people like Jane and Alex, I'm thinking they can't even be 35. How can they still be here 35 years ago and, and look less than that? Do you know what I mean? It's like, 
And it's like watching Viv on the piano with Jane. Sorry about that, Jane. You know, I don't know whether you like that or you're there, but it, it's like, it was almost like watching Bruce on the bass as well, to be honest. But I'm looking at it going, oh my goodness, this, just looking out and seeing the faces. Some, you know, many of you that, uh, a number of you that are still here. And, and, and what God did those years ago when, when we did have that, it, it took us by surprise, really. We had a move in of the spirit after we came back from Edinburgh. It was so powerful, and it was, it was like, we didn't know what was happening. There was four or five places in the country who were having something similar, but we didn't know because we didn't have the internet in those days. <laughs> I only found out years later, so we're like, what do we do with this? Because it was like Toronto. We didn't know what to do with it. And then when Toronto went, we go, oh, hang on a minute, this is, what, this is who we are. This is, what, this is what's happening. But I think the thing I wanted to, I just thank God for, you know, we're singing his faithfulness. And I'm in tears, you know. Well, I was in tears when I met, when Margaret came up and said hello and Jeff. I mean, I mean it's an emotional time looking at you guys and thinking, my goodness, you're, you're, going, you're going to be here forever. <laughs> you know, I think Jesus is going to come back before you go. <laughs> but just seeing, the, you know, the faithfulness of God, it, it, it's very humbling. Yeah. Looking back and seeing young people, well, you are young people <laughs> still. So I don't know when you got older than us, but... Um, you're young people, and, and, but leading worship, leading churches, various places. They were just in a youth group at that time. You've had the same experience, Richard, in people that you've mentored and so on around. And it's just very humbling. You go, God, thank you, God, you know, for all, all our lives, all my life. I've lived in the goodness of God. Yes. And he is faithful. So bless you guys. I'm, I'm not mentioning too many people because I don't want to leave anybody out. One person, I, one person I'll mention, you know, I probably shouldn't do this, saying, you know, about absent friends. The one person I would have loved, or two people I would love to be here, is Brian and Maureen Meredith. And um, he would have loved it. And it would have been so good, you know, to have him. He was such a key part of what happened in those days. And then, and then beyond, before Richard came in and took over, did just such a wonderful job of establishing it further and putting more foundations in and bringing in, you know, the whole New Frontiers, which I learned so much from when we were part of New Frontiers as well. So, so that's that really. <laughs> I am going to share something from the Word. I, I want to actually read, I've probably forgotten something that I want to say, so forgive me. Um, but thank you for having us back. It's good to be with you. Um, I want to read from uh, Joshua chapter 6. What time do I finish? About half past. What did someone else say? <laughs> Don't tell me that. <laughs> I'm going to submit. So Joshua chapter 6. In my, in, my Bible, uh, in my notes, originally I put Jericho 6. And thought, wait a minute, there's not a book in the Bible, Jericho. It's Joshua so you know this story. Most of you know this really, really well. I'm just going to read the first part of it, really. So the people of Israel taking the land, and then they hit this fortress of Jericho. And Jericho, uh, Jericho 6, Joshua 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No one went in. No, no one went out. And no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. 
have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the people, advance, march around the city with the armed guard going ahead of the Ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets and the Ark of the Lord's Covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the Ark. All this time... The trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the people, do not give a war cry, do not raise your voices, do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the people returned to camp and spent the night there. Joshua got up early the next morning and the priests took up the Ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the Ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them, and the rear guard followed the Ark of the Lord, while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, and they did this for six days. Same thing. Same thing, without fail. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak, and marched around the city seven times <laughs> in the same manner, except that on the day they circled the city seven times, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Shout. For the Lord has given you the city. The city and all that is in it are to be devoted to the Lord. Yeah, can we just uh, pray again, just before I just unlock a little bit of that. <clears throat> Father, thank you for your word, that your word is faithful and true, even as you are faithful and true. And you don't change, and your word is sufficient today, yesterday, and always, that all things will pass away as we've known them, known them, but your word will remain, and you will be there, and love will reign throughout this universe, because you're on the throne. I want to thank you that it's enough to sustain us through the hard times, and through the victories, and through the low times, and we want to thank you that you are faithful, and your goodness is never changing, and never wavering towards us, and to be here today, Certainly, I, know, I want to say again, Lord, to be here today and to be here with people, some we've known and some that are new from the past, and see what you are doing and see what you've done. We go, God, you are so faithful. Yeah. We bless you. It's not all about today, but about, as Richard said, what we are investing into. To, yes, see victories in these days, but to leave a legacy that will stand the test of time until Jesus comes again. And we thank you that, that we can play our part, but you said 
I'll give you the keys of the kingdom, but I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And thank you, that's true here and all across the world. We thank you in Jesus' name. So will you speak to our hearts right now afresh? Will you change our minds? Mine, if it needs changing, change our minds and transform our lives one step at a time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. So I was preparing for what to bring, and I thought this particular word, and I kept coming back to it and thinking, it's been on my heart. I've taken it to one or two different places, but not like I'm doing today. I thought, is this just because it's fresh in my mind? Is this right to bring to Hope Church? I was, doing, I was, I was asking a little bit, and I suddenly started to feel like, oh, yeah, hang on, it's starting to come together. And ding, my phone went. Uh, I'd left it on because I was looking up for something. I, I even forgot I had it in a room. And I, but I'd been looking at some, some things. I'd left it on. And, and I got this word on Facebook. See, it can be good at times. <laughs> and it's great for connection. It's not so good for other things. But, uh, and Twitter's even worse. But, um, but, but, <laughs> but this word came through from someone I don't know personally. It was a, it was a pastor. In, he's a pastor in Gambia. And we've been friends on Facebook. I don't say yes to everybody, but I thought right to connect with him. Like, you, you know, you have to be a bit wise about what you do. And this word came through, and it, it never sent, never a message before, nothing. And, it, and he sent this prophetic word just as I was in the middle of writing out the start of what I was going to share. And I'm going to read it to you because I went, whoa. <laughs> and it was so key for me but I also felt it was so appropriate and right for you so I'm going to share it really encouraged me I thought yeah okay I'm going to share this word and and so it was this God gave Joseph a dream it took almost 25 years for it to happen stay faithful to the giver stay faithful to the giver of your dream not just a dream most believers who have fallen would not have fallen if they had not given the devil some kind of foothold in their minds to steal their faith in God-given dreams. You may have been delayed, but you have not been denied. Now, I know good things are happening here. That's not what this is alluding to. You may have been delayed, but you have not been denied from receiving the promise God spoke to you. This month, expect abundant grace and a shift that will result in your promise becoming your reality. I thought, wow. I think that's true for you. I feel like, yeah, you're in this season, whether it's a month or whatever, you're in a season. I just want to share about that in a moment, I think. But from Pastor James Chimizi Ide, a servant of God. But it was like, I was like, got goosebumps. That just so spoke to my heart. So I want to just speak to you this morning about, I guess I could, if you want just a very simple title, The Moment to Shout. But I want to talk to you also about, very briefly, about there's a moment to sprout. And there's a moment to sing. Some of you may, well, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. But there is a moment in nature and in a spiritual realm where things reach fulfillment. They come to fullness. For example, in God's timing, there's that classic fundamental verse in Galatians 4. In the fullness of time. I mean, what a phrase. And people go, what does that mean? Really, it means like at the right time, at God's moment. 
in the fullness of time when the time when the set time had fully come so you don't know when the time has fully come quite often but it comes God sent his son born of a woman born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship when the fullness of time had come God sent Jesus and there was a moment you could have sent him before could have sent him after no no this was just the right time when the conditions were right when it was right in God's heart God did something that changed human history and in the fullness of time Jesus is coming again not as a baby but we know as a warrior king to bring in his victory and every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father and it's going to come at just the right time. Don't fear, folks. The world's getting worse. The, the, light, the darkness is getting darker at the moment all over the world, but the light is burning brighter and you are that light. You are part of that light. And so it's going to happen at the fullness of time. It's true in nature, as I said, it's true in the spiritual realm. So very quickly, um, there's a time to sprout. Now, you probably heard... I've read a bit more about this. You've probably heard about the Chinese bamboo. Bear with me if you do, but I learned a few more things about it. You know, they have the Chinese bamboo. The Chinese farmers grow the bamboo. They plant the bamboo seed, and it's in the ground for five years, and you see nothing. Nada. And they have to water it. They have to nurture it for five years, seeing nothing. Thank God when God calls it, quite often we do see stuff. You're talking about the legacy, and, and that's absolutely right. Thank God you've seen victories. We've seen victories. We've seen churches grow. We've seen churches planted like never before. And we, when churches started to be planted 35, 40 years ago, it wasn't in fashion. We'd forgotten how to do it. And God began to bring it back. And thank God that's what's happening. Churches multiplying all over the world right now. So we are seeing fruit, but we want to see more. Yeah. We're living for more, aren't we? And so, uh, uh, you know, you go, God, when, oh, when, how long, oh God? Because we need you more and this world needs you, this city needs you. When are we going to see that happen? And you water it and you nurture it and you might not see that. 10 years, 20 years, 25 years, 35 years. We haven't yet seen the fullness of what we want to see, but you keep, you keep being faithful. As God is faithful, you are faithful, we are faithful, We're seeking to be faithful to to plant, to water, so that God gives growth. So in the ground for five years, nothing. I mean, you've got to have faith to keep doing that stuff. Yeah. Haven't you? You've got to keep doing it. You do it, but you're not seeing anything. And then after five years, it, boom, it breaks through. And it really is like that. In, after five years of being underground, in five weeks, it grows nearly 100 feet. It grows sometimes 39 inches in 24 hours. I mean, I bet you could sit there and actually watch it grow. You know, and so there's this exponential growth. Now, we talk about that sometimes in revival and so on. We're saying, weren't we talking about that yesterday? Our revivals come and then they sort of often just drift away. Well, we don't want that sort of a revival. We want a revival that when there's a breakthrough and we start to see multiplication, that it's sustained. And the only way it can be sustained is if we're involved in mission. That, that, you know, reading in the past, it wasn't sustained often because they, they just became inward looking and yeah. for the gatherings and built all these chapels and the churches got divided. They filled up the chapels and now they won't even cross the road. So that's not revival. 
That's something else. But it started with revival. But the key is not having just revival in that way. It's learning to steward it. But there is a moment coming, and it's time to sprout. Something is happening. And even during the pandemic, when we go, oh God, we can't meet together. Oh look, God was doing something underground. He was doing something new. We're having to adjust. We're having, people are having to grow. They either fall away or you grow. And some have not come back and joined in. Others have joined that were never there in the first place. And others have grown because we know this is what we believe in. It's a time to sprout. But it's also a time to sing. Actually, it's always time to sing. You want to sing when you're mourning and you sing when you're in victory and joy. It's always time to sing, but there's a special time to sing in the overflow of God's goodness, and um, that is like no other. So the Song of Songs 2, 11 to 12 says this, you know this verse, most of you will, will know this verse. See, the winter is past, the rains are over and gone, the flowers appear on the earth, the season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. That's springtime, you know, when the doves come, because they know the seeds and the fruit's going to be there or whatever, they come to eat it. So if you hear the cooing of doves, you know it's springtime. There's a time to sing. There's a bit of license there, because I'm going to give you an illustration now, it's slightly different, because this is what happens when the rains come. Um, Matt Redman, in his book Face Down, anybody read that, by the way? If you haven't read that book, I, I would just recommend every believer reads that book. It's easy to read, but it will challenge your heart about worshipping, not just singing, but worshipping the one who is worthy of our worship. And sometimes there's nowhere to go except face down. Because when the presence of God really comes, we're not necessarily going to be jumping up and down. We're going to be on our faces. That time's coming again. But there's a time to sing. He tells this um, story of, of um, uh, it's true, he heard it, no, it's not because it was on the BBC radio time that it's true, <laughs> it, but it is a true story, it was called The Rhythm of Something or Other, I forget what it, and he, he writes in the book about, there's a guy called Bernie Krause, and he travels around the world recording the sounds of nature. So there are sounds going on that you can't hear with the naked ear always, but sometimes you, you can, and, but you can record things that you wouldn't normally hear. And so he, he does that, and, um, and there was the guy who promoted, I think it was the Beatles or something, I can't remember this now, I did read it again this morning, but that, those details aren't really important, but it, he was being interviewed and he told about this tree, there's a particular type of tree, that in a time of drought, it's silent, but then when the rain comes, it swells up, the dry roots just swell up with the water, and there's a certain moment where it begins to give, and it starts to pop and explode. And it, but it does it in a perfect rhythm, perfect sound, perfect timing, so much so that um, one, one band or musician put music to it. And, and people listened to it, and they didn't know what it was, and they, that is stunning. They couldn't believe it when it was a tree. The tree was singing in perfect harmony. You can't tell me creation doesn't sing. Creation is, the spirit sings. And the whole of, when the spirit sings, I'm sure he's singing a lot, but when the spirit sings, manifestly, the whole of creation sings with him. 
And there's a time to sing when you get swelled with the rain. I think that happened a little bit 35 years ago, 34 actually, because it was a year after in 1988. And, and the spirit started to sing and the, grain, you know, the, the rains came down and it swelled. And we started popping and dancing and worshipping and the presence of God. And we got overflowing and people. Started, and it did, did affect the village. It was like people would, and the t- people would come from here. I'm glad you're here now. It's a prime place. But the stu- we had about 50 students that would come across. Colin was one of those. And I'm not lying, am I? We had about 50 students. They would bypass the other churches and come to us in little camps. They'd go, what are they doing here? It's because the Spirit was on the move and they would travel because God was in the house. God was doing something. And it was time to sing and the worship we had. You know, sometimes we just didn't want to do anything else but worship. Wouldn't we? It was like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. We had nights of worship. We were supposed to be praying. Mostly it was worship. Because we couldn't stop. And then I've, I've never known a time like it since, to be honest. There's much more life. But I mean, those were like, whoa. I'm, a, I'm one of those old guys now who harps back to the old days. <laughs> but I'm looking to the new days. There's time to sing. Oh, good. I've got a quarter of an hour left. Haven't I? I think I, I'm, I'm doing all right this morning. I better not say that too much because it could go pear-shaped. But it does give you a bit of a more of an insight when you read that verse in, um, in Isaiah. The trees of the field shall clap their hands and you'll go out with joy. That's not just allegorical. That's not just allegorical. It happens. It's just taken us several thousand years to discover it. So there's there's a moment to sprout. And there's a moment to sing, a time to sing. And there is a moment to shout. Now, I just want to focus on that for a few minutes to pick it up. Because you imagine this army going in to uh, the land and they're told, you know, you, you're going to conquer and this city. You're gonna, and this is the first one they meet. You're like, whoa, okay, Jericho. Shut up, tight. And what I want you to do, how are we going to conquer this city? Is going to walk around it. Can you imagine? I mean, we don't get any insight there, but I'm thinking, they, I don't know they were all good boys and girls that went around there like that, going to, yep, total obedience. Um, Joshua went, yeah, we're doing that. But I don't know what the army felt like. I mean, they never said much, probably, well, did they? I don't think they probably did, but inside, I wonder what's going on. So, okay, we're going to go around one day. And they reckon it would take about, I think, if I, got the, I read it up on this, and if they're telling the truth, it would take about three hours or something, two and a half, three hours to walk around the city once, and slowly, and trumpets sounding, but they weren't talking. I'm thinking, okay, now, now what? Do we going to take the city? No, no, we're going home now to camp. Okay, okay. So they do that, and then... Next morning, we're up, we're going to take the city. No, we're going to walk around it again. So you walk around and do the same thing again. I think, what I, what's going on in their minds when that happened? You know, after six days, don't you think they'd be getting a bit restless? I think they were probably getting a bit restless on the inside. I'm sure Joshua had it under control, because leaders always have it under control. But, and they're going, and, but then, they, then it was like, now, and they go back home. After six days, thinking, I'm sure they're talking in the tents, going, what's going on, boys? When are we going to take this city? They'd seen God, but don't tell me they were all perfect obedience because they were moaning every time in between a battle. I don't think they got it right this time. You know what I mean? They could, like, God had done incredible miracles, and then they didn't trust him to get them across the Red Sea. Mind you, that was a bit of a biggie. But I think, what's going on? And then on the seventh day, right, we're going to take the city. Yeah, we're going to do it seven times. Well, that's most of the day. 14 to 16 to 20 hours maybe, walking around the city. I mean, like, 
And then, then there was a moment to shout. And Joshua said, this is just ad lib. This is just my paraphrase. Go for it. And they didn't just blow the trumpets. They shouted and the walls began to shake and crumble. And the ground began to shake. And the walls started to come down. I bet they were in awe at that moment. I don't know whether they really expected that. Do you? I mean, Joshua knew they were going to... But maybe God didn't give them the details. But there was a moment... Uh, did you get that? There was a moment to shout. There's a season to declare. There's a, there's a season to shout when you get more fruit than you've ever had before. And we've seen that down throughout history, haven't we? Seasons when missions began and, and sent out. If not, our nation was part of that. And will be again. Like right now, we could do with a few missionaries over here to help us, like Emmanuel and others who would come and play their part, because we need the worldwide church to help us, because they've got more than we've got in many areas, but we've got things that we can add to them too. But the time's coming where the church is going to shout. There's a moment to shout. And, and I don't mean you have to walk around. I remember those days when we've done it, haven't we? It's like, well, Joshua walked around the city, so we're going to walk around the city. You know, we didn't do it seven times or over six, seven days. But it's like, no, you know, the key thing here was not the walking around the city. Although that's a good thing to do when you pray, is to walk around the city and pray. But you can do that anytime, all time. The key was they were obedient. And they believed God. When he said, do something, they did it. That's what brought the walls down. And I think for years you've been investing. You've been like the Chinese farmer. And you've seen some stuff. You're going, God, when's it going to really explode? When, when are we going to see when are we going to see our nation transformed again? Like it was in the times of the Celtic move of God where the fire of God was all over Great Britain. They brought it all over. It's like, we need that again, don't we? I'm not satisfied. We're not going to just hold in there and like you in your small corner and I and mine, we're going to hold on until Jesus comes. That's not what it means. Like the gates of hell will not prevail. When we, when we start invading, the gates must burst. And, and, and I know this is not meant to be like rah, rah, rah. That's not what I mean because I, I know like you what it's like to go through hard times and think, God, Lord, and you have to learn to be faithful. But I do believe still in my heart there is a time coming when the season is here and the moment to shout comes, I believe you're in that season and you're coming. I mean, one of the ways that you did that and be obedient, faithful to God is when you purchased this land, this building, and you took back something with history. I mean, everybody knows the granary, don't they? It is the granary, isn't it? <laughs> everybody knows it, not just the church. Everybody knows it. It's part of history. What well, you've got it. It's the prime building in this city. And God said, you go buy it. Well, I don't think he did that for fun, although he probably did do that with some fun, but it hasn't been fun when you can't sleep at night, when you wait for the money to come in, but you can now. You know, do you know what I mean? You did that, and the fact that you've done that means I believe God is going, no, you, you've started to walk around the city seven times, and the moment to shout is now coming, and now is in this season. That We see the restoration of the fire of God in this land, to, to go across this land and to go, into the world, wherever he sends you. And you've got folks going to the ends of the earth. Because like, why? Because it's worth carrying. It's worth carrying. 
So you've been fellowshipping, worshipping, devoting yourselves to the apostles' teaching, breaking bread and praying. But the moment to shout has come. I believe God's going to bless you incredibly. It's time to be filled and empowered again. It's time for another move of the Spirit, but it's not going to look like the last one. It's going to take us by surprise. God will start doing things out there, and he won't be waiting for us to give him permission. We're going to just have to handle. I think that time's starting in seed form now. People starting to come in, just off the street or into a church. You know, because, because, because we need hope. Oh, there'll be people in this city that will go, we need hope. And they'll be going, yeah, we need hope, but we need hope church. And we need the hope of the world, which is Jesus and you. I loved what you were telling us. Oh, great, I've still got a few minutes to round this up. But I, I lo- oh, God, this is the best I've ever done. I better just stop talking now, otherwise I'll, I'll kill it. But um, I love what you told me this morning about the banner, Richard, that, that, that when the building was first purchased or whatever, and you put the banner up, hope. And there were people who had either visited the city or locals who had come under and they have their photo taken because it said hope. Oh, man, that's just the start. People need hope. They need hope. And they need you. This is the moment. I believe there's a time. I don't know whether it's the next six months, a year, or the next month, some stuff will happen, like this guy said. Hard to get the timing, but this is the season. It's time to sprout, time to sing, and time to shout. It's your moment. And you're still here by the grace of God. And you will multiply. And I had my own tiny little blessing over the blessing that you've already got. I bless you to multiply, to go forth and multiply and see multiplication like never before with the gospel of Jesus. One thing I want to finish with. So I haven't said finally yet. It'll be the first time, hopefully the first time. Stop laughing, Jonathan. The first time. Finally, you've stepped out corporately and you've said yes. But there's got to be a time when you do it individually. You can't let the church carry you. You can't just get involved. You can, but it's not very fruitful for you or others. You've got to get involved individually. I'm just going to share that you have to come to a point where you say again to God, yes. And I, I've got to be honest with you, the last four or five years, I've struggled to say yes fully to anything because it feels like, well, maybe we're slowing down just a little bit now. And then, you know, it's like, actually, I know what it means when you say yes. And now I'm a bit scared. I said yes to God many, many years ago. And I meant it with all my heart. I'd go anywhere. I'd do anything. Now I was a bit more scared to say that. Do, 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 do you know what I'm talking about? It's funny, I've shared this and a few other people have gone, well, oh, thanks, that's me. And I'm going, I've been there. I've been there four or five years. I'm going, yeah, I'll, I'll do this and a bit of this and a bit of that. And I'm loving this, God, but can we not talk about the anything? Because I've done that. I'm kidding, I'm kidding myself. But I've done, you know what I mean? It's been like that. And then I went on a, a, a personal retreat to some friends. They've got a lovely one of these pods in the garden. And it's got a lovely hot tub in there. As well. Not in a pod, but in the garden. And they just said, you can have it, just come. So I went in the hot tub twice. I was reading and praying, honestly, when I did that. But I spent 24 hours there. And I, I want to say to you, I encountered Jesus afresh. And he melted my heart afresh. And it got to the point where I just wept. 
And I had to say, I'm saying yes again. I've been scared to say yes. I've been scared to go, God, you can have it all. Because I know you'll take it. <laughs> I'm surprised. I don't know what you're going to do with it. And I know you're faithful. It's just I don't know when I want to go through that, honestly. But he captured my heart. I fell in love with Jesus again. Now I'm having to fall in love with him again every day, every day, every day. But it touched my heart and I went, okay, Lord, yes. I don't know what he's got in store, but I'm going back to Venezuela in November and then back over to Uganda in April. And then there's all sorts of other things starting to happen. I'm going, okay, God, I'm saying yes. I'm not just going to settle for an easy life. I'm going to say yes, because there's nothing more important in the world than this treasure that we carry. It's not about us, it's about him. But you're never going to experience the fullness of, you're on the edge, you're never going to experience that. I can say this, I can get away with it, I'm going home tonight. You'll never experience the fullness of it unless you say yes. Some of you might be holding back in all kinds of ways. Maybe you're holding back from just saying, Jesus, take my life for the first time. You might be holding back. Don't hold back. He will absolutely blow your socks off with blessing. He wants you to know his joy. He wants you to know peace. He wants you to know eternal security. He wants you to know who you really are, not what people have told you you are or what you think you are, but what he says of you. And he loves you, unconditionally loves you. And, and you can experience a joy that you would never experience unless you say yes. But there may be others who are going, yeah, I'm sort of on the edge. There may be even leaders there going, yeah, I'll go, I'm willing to do this. And I'm gonna, but no, Lord, I'm, no more. Don't say that to him. I did that for four, four or five years and it, it wasn't good, really. He blessed us. He blessed me, he blessed us. But it's not the same as when you go, yes, I'm yours. It's like being like Jesus, coming up to his baptism, coming and you go, I am yours, O oh God. I've come to do your will. It's like, why am I alive, really? Am I alive to have an easy life in retirement? Oh, I am enjoying some semi-retirement. That's fun, but it's like, no, I've come to say yes. So you've done it corporately, and I want to call you out to say, yes, God. I'm giving you my heart today. Will you give me the grace to follow through with what you have for me to do? My part. You have a part to play in this community, in this church, and beyond, but you've got to say yes. You can't do it half-heartedly. You can't have one foot in one camp and one foot in another. You, you fall over. You slow down. That's it. So I want to... Could we stand together? Is this okay, Richard? Do you want to... I just feel like I want to... Yeah, I, I, I don't know why, I, I'm not, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't do this quite like this, so. Okay, I'm going to do something with you. Just bear with me. Why don't you just, uh, it's not weird, but it, you may not be used to it, but, but put your hand on your chest. That's not hard, bit. I just encourage you to do that. I want you to close your eyes. You keep them open if you want. It's not a command. I'm just inviting you. Close your eyes and slow your breathing down. Take longer, slower breaths. Don't wait for me to tell you to breathe out, otherwise you'll collapse. So I just, I want to encourage you to breathe in and imagine, my faith, you're breathing in the presence of God. He's filling you. Breathe in the presence. Pause in his presence. Breathe in his presence. Breathe out fear. Fear be gone. Breathe out fear. Breathe out anxiety. Breathe out compromise. Breathe in his presence. Breathe in faith. Breathe in peace. And as you're doing that, breathe in. Just get into that rhythm. 
breathing in his presence, breathing out fear. And now find one thing to be thankful for, that you not just <coughs> come in words, you feel it in your heart. It's not hard for me this morning to do that. One thing, doesn't matter what it is, engage with it and be thankful to God. Oh God, I thank you for my family. I thank you for my home. I thank you for my job. Whatever it might be. Thank you for the church. Thank you for Jesus. But feel it. Breathe in his presence. Breathe out fear. Feel thankfulness. You'll enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. You're entering the presence of God in a new way. Be filled. Be filled. And I just want to invite you, if you just feel like you want to respond, if, it might be just one person, if your heart's thumping and you know he's asking you to say yes and you've been holding out on God to do something specific or to give your life to him, it's like, can I just ask you to raise your hand? Go, that's me. Just let me, let me see it. Let God see it, more importantly. Yep, that's it. God bless you. Just don't be afraid to let him have, go. Say, God, have me. When did you last let Jesus have you? Is there anyone else just want to go, yeah, I'm going to make that known? Nobody's looking. I'm like, yeah, God, take me. Bless your heart. Yeah, bless your heart. Go, God, yeah, here, what is it? You don't know what he's asking you maybe sometime. And another one, God bless you. You're saying yes. Because God's already said yes to you. He's saying, come, walk with me. Walk with me around the city. Come and let's take some ground. And and another, God bless you. Just bless you. So be filled right now. And and then as we sort of dismiss folks to, well, not dismiss, that's a funny old word, but to have cake and coffee and whatever, I want to invite you who've come and put your hand up, if you want to, just to come out here while others are sort of beginning to go. And I'd just love to pray with you and bless you. Not a big deal, just to bless you. So, Richard, do you want to... That's great. Goodness. Uh, Tea and coffee to celebrate downstairs, where the cake is to celebrate.